Today's episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by The Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at clicring.com. Welcome, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Thursday, September 10th, 2015, and this is The Ride. Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to the ride today. Another beautiful day in this beautiful state of Michigan. Haven't seen the colors start to change yet, but I'm going to guess any day now we'll start seeing a little bit of flavor. Flavor on the trees. So lately I've been talking about some end time stuff a little bit and I spent some time over the last couple days doing a little research and I've come to the conclusion that no man has the answers to that end time stuff no man I'm I'm looking at all of the prophetic stuff that people talk about, you know, what does this mean? What does the beasts mean? What does the uh, tribulation and all of the different terms? And you can just go crazy with all the different opinions. I, I mentioned that the other day. There's a lot of opinions. And I had uh, found a book or two that I wanted to read last night that talked a bit about interpreting the end times scriptures and I got done looking at that and realized okay I don't really know a whole lot more than I did before did it concern me not really because my faith is secure in the king, regardless of if I know what the future holds or not. My faith is strong in the king. Is it okay to anticipate the coming of our Lord? Absolutely, it's fine to do that. But don't sacrifice living your life. As I was doing some research last night, I went online to find out more about this particular author that I was reading about. His last name is Dake, and he has done a lot of... He spent a lot of time studying scripture. And then I did some search on his name and come across other people who would refute some of his interpretation of scripture... And then, you know, your mind goes crazy like, ugh, isn't there anybody who can agree that this is how you're supposed to interpret scripture? I mean, both of these people's opinions I would respect because they spent way more time in the Word than I have. You know, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the truth is. Well, I think certain truths will be hidden from us until the right time. And some of the truth, the right time won't happen until 
you know, we, we have been taken from this place anyway. So, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to spin our wheels for some of it. Is it, you know, what is it, what is it doing you, what good is it doing you, I guess. But there's such a draw. I know for me, as a teenager, I had such a draw to that kind of stuff. It's, you know, future cool stuff. I don't know if it's, if, if you're drawn to it like I am. But I, I realized something, and one of the, uh, one of the guys I was researching last night... His name is Hank Hanegraaff, I think. He's the Bible answer man. And, you know, he's got certain opinions of Scripture that... Interpretations of Scripture that don't align with my understanding of Scripture. Yet he has a... A very good, logical, thought-out... Defense of the Scripture, too. Anyway, so looking at him and I lost my train of thought oh I know what it was he was saying you know you look at all the people who are writing all the books about the end time stuff notice that when the prophecy that they say is going to come to pass doesn't come to pass I'll write another book and I'm thinking yeah you know that's funny it, that's exactly what's happening in fact there are people probably writing books about September 2015 as some pivotal time. And I was trying to figure out why that was. And I think it has to do with the three or four blood moons or something. And I don't know. So there's some big to do about September of 2015. As soon as September becomes October, though... There'll be a new thought. You know, I suppose at some point, somebody's going to maybe have it right. Because at some point, things will happen as God intended. And um, But until then, the... Uh, the, the modern-day prophets are batting 100. 100% wrong. And it's amazing to me that, you know, we still seek out all these signs and wonder things. And, you know, we have to be careful that that doesn't become our God, that we don't idolize that. And we need to worship the king, not the signs, right? It's still fascinating. I mean, I won't lie to you. It's it's fascinating to me to think about all that mythical imagery that Revelation and Daniel is talking about. It's it's kind of cool. But let's just draw back for one second. Should that in and of itself change how you live your life? For some it might because it gives them an anticipation that things are going to happen soon and so we better get my act together blah blah but we should be doing that anyway we should be getting our act together knowing that 
God sees us through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, but still, time is short, and I still sense this, that time is short. You know, maybe it's just the time of my life is getting shorter. Every day I live is one fewer day remaining in my allotment. <laughs> so let's get some things done. But the end time stuff shouldn't spurn us on anymore than knowing that God has a call for us and God is my provision, God is my supply, God has what I need, and God has a call for my life, and God has a call for your life. He doesn't want us spinning our wheels, looking ahead to these signs when God is present in the current time with you right now and there are things to be done. I desperately need to rely on the Lord. There are things in life that happen that I can't solve on my own. I need the power of God in my life to get it done. And just knowing what the heck the beast is and the two witnesses and the mark of the beast and what it is and all that, it's great to talk about, but that shouldn't be our focus. Our focus should be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the kingdom of God and establishing that kingdom as strong in the world today. Because let me tell you, there are people who don't know about that kingdom and they need to know about that kingdom. I believe people will perish not knowing about that kingdom. I don't understand how it all works. I know that God is just. So we've talked about this in the past. I don't know how the Lord judges those who've never heard. That's his deal, not mine. My deal is to share the Word of God with you. And I'm finding that this is a great conduit to get the Word out. So I'm glad you're here with me today. So although the end time stuff is really cool, and certainly there's nothing wrong in studying it, but we need to make sure that our primary focus is on the Lord who is living and is with us right now and that we're able to hear from him and accomplish his will in our lives today. Amen? Sweet. So I've been in Daniel lately. Actually, this morning I went through all of Daniel and I just had a few things that spoke to me about standing up and not worrying about the world's system. There are systems in the world, right? There are systems. There's political systems. There's religious systems. There's systems of celebrity and media and business and money, financial systems. All sorts of systems of the world. And we might work in one of those systems. 
it's not wrong. But do you trust in those systems? We've seen financial systems fail. We've seen political systems fail. We're seeing the failure of a political system right now in the United States. And I am sad and troubled by it. But even though we see failures of systems... I know that there is something above the systems, and it's my Lord and Savior, and God Almighty. Those are things that don't change over time. I don't want to be putting my faith in something that is shifting like sand, and that's the systems of the world, the systems of this mortal plane you can try to trust in these things and uh, there's a scripture on the tip of my tongue I'll have to search it but you can trust in those systems if you wish but I'm going to trust on the Lord and I want to encourage you to trust on the Lord the things that do not change now earlier today I was talking about how there's so many opinions out there, even within the church, and interpretation of scripture, and you can just get in a tizzy trying to do the right thing. I remember hearing a caller last night on one of these shows who is like me. He posed a question to the Bible man and said, hey, you know, is it true that the Lord inspires you as you read the word to to understand its meaning and so that combined with the under the the human understanding of the this person studying scripture that combination is what kind of colors what you understand about scripture and the Hank uh, Hanegraaff I think I'm saying that right had said yes that's kind of how it works is that you know you study the word of God and study to show yourself approved you study it and so you develop ways to understand scripture that aligns with scripture and so there are those who have done that more than others certainly and but there's also the element of the Holy Spirit speaking through the word of God to you to help you understand that's why you don't have to be a scholar to get something from the Word of God. Though the more you do it, the more understanding you get in the natural and in the spiritual. So there is a combination there, and that's true. So the caller asked, well, you know, I, I listened to another guy who I believe is very scholarly and I believe is hearing from the Holy Spirit, and he says this about what Scripture is saying. And you say this about what scripture is saying, and they are in disagreement on certain issues. And so am I to take it that one of you isn't hearing from the Holy Spirit to the full to a fuller extent than the other? You know, how do I how do I handle that? And it's a very, very great question. And I struggle with that one myself. And uh, the answer that was given was a very good one. It's the one that I tell you guys a lot, which is, you know, what I'm 
telling you is how I see the scripture. This is how I see the scriptures, but I'm encouraging you to make sure that you go into the Word of God and make sure that what I'm saying aligns with scripture. And that's how a good teacher ought to be, is to have anyone that's hearing the, the words to, uh, to confirm it in scripture. So he was telling that listener, yes, do that. But he didn't really answer the question. Because I want to know how one guy who you can really trust and you really want to believe that he's hearing from God and one other guy who you really trust and you want to believe that he truly is hearing from God as well, they both have spent a lot of time in the Word and yet they interpret it differently and they feel justified in saying this thing about scripture and the other guy feels justified in saying an alternate alternate thing you know that that's what that scripture is saying you know what do you do how do you reconcile that and i didn't really get a good get a good answer from uh, mr hanegraaff on that one so i might have to call i might have to call and ask that question his answer it had a lot to do with the end time stuff, and you know his his discussion or his answer to that question was well when you look at all these guys who write all these books about end times prophecies and and they don't come true, and then they write another book, and they're you know not correct in what they're saying, then you start to develop. An understanding that well maybe maybe they're not the answer but that's that's easy to understand that what's harder to understand is something more difficult like how do you treat the gift of tongues for example that's such a touchy subject depending on who you talk to that one right there I could go on and on about because one group would say that it's a necessity to let the to let that happen and have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and if you neglect that or if you you know preach against that as some who have interpreted scripture have said then um, you know it's, it's better that you don't mess around with that because um, you know it's vain babblings and all this kind of stuff which scripture preaches against. So there's two camps there. And probably even more camps. There might be different flavors of different opinions. So what do you do? So here's my thing for us today. Because I know people will be hearing this and you can get thrown into a state of confusion and stuff. My take on all that is you will always have different opinions and different ideas about things. Just like there's different end times ideas and you're always going to have different ideas there. You're always going to have certain things that are differences in opinions and interpretations of scripture on a lot of other things. So what do we do then as Christians? How do we 
share the gospel without getting into these little side discussions on whether this is important or that is important and cause there to be confusion among those who have just come to know the Lord, for example, or cause there to be enough confusion that people say, I don't want anything to do with that. Because I understand that feeling too. I'm a Christian, and when I think about some of that and go too deep in my cerebral about all that, it's enough to cause you to, you know, want to just throw a lot of that stuff away and just look at the core stuff. And that's what I'm going to tell you right now. We need to look at the core stuff. Here's the core stuff. Man has fallen. Man has this original sin problem. God didn't create us to be this way, but we became this way in the garden. Garden of Eden. Man fell, and there was... Well, let's go back one more step. Satan fell, took a third of the angels with him, and then entered our realm and lied to us and then we bought the lie and because we bought the lie sin entered the equation and brought a division between us and God that is the core problem and there's not one person on this planet that isn't affected by that problem but don't you know God solved the problem in sending his only son, Jesus Christ, to be the payment for our sin. Throughout the whole Old Testament, sin had to be covered by blood, by the sacrifice. It atoned for the sin. It was a payment that covered the sin. But Jesus came to be that sin covering for us. And he died on the cross having lived a perfect life. He was the son of God. He died and rose from the dead. That's my statement of belief. And as a Christian, that, is, that would be your statement of belief as well. A need for a Savior, a need for a sin covering, a need for something that would bring us back into relationship with God is number one. Number two is Jesus came to be that for us. And then I recognize that He is the Son of God. And that he did rise from the dead. And that he did do it for Rusty James. He did do it for you. And he did do it for anyone who would call on his name. That goes from gentle grandma Sally to the harshest of the ISIS soldiers. To the Jew, to the Gentile the black, to the white, to the Asian, to the German. No one 
is outside of God's grace. Recognizing that and then calling on the name of the Lord. Lord, I know I'm in a state where I need your help. I need to have a relationship with God the Father. And I know that Jesus, you are the only way that I can have that. If you were to come to that point today and you call on the name of the Lord like that, just a simple prayer, you can be saved. You can know the Lord. And you can start your walk with Him. And it's a remarkable, remarkable thing. Does that mean life becomes perfect for you? Absolutely not. We've talked about that too. You will have trouble in life. And as a Christian in this day and age, well, pretty much in any day and age, but we're seeing it more and more now, as a Christian, there are systems of the world that that look at the Christian and with scorn and contempt. And so I get to my next chapter of today, which is Daniel. Daniel was a man who heard from God. He had a relationship with God. He was in the Old Testament, so this is before Jesus. But he had a relationship with God, and God spoke to him and gave him interpretation of dreams. And he didn't even write books, and he was 100% right on. But we've probably all heard the story of Daniel and how King Darius, convinced by some of his political guys in the political system of the day, political slash religious system of the day, let me put it that way, they convinced the king to... I think what what was it uh, that that the people had to pray to him or or bow down to him or something like that? I think it was pray to him and to, and to him only. And of course, Daniel wouldn't do that and prayed to his God, the God, our God. that he would, uh, you know, have help, whatever. And, of course, the uh, the guys who wanted to trap, trap up Daniel, or trip him up, uh, were just ready and waiting to, to find, find out, because they figured out he was going to not, you know, pray to Darius. And so they let the king know, and bada bang, bada boom, whatever. Daniel's thrown in the lion's den. Now Daniel knew that that would happen. I'm sure of it. But he knew that his Lord had given him wisdom, had given him prophecy, 
and given him words of interpretation that were right on. He, he was the one who interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream, I believe. That's the one where, this is earlier, back in the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego days. So Nebuchadnezzar was one of the, the kings before Darius. Nebuchadnezzar said, I had a dream, and I want you magicians to tell me what the interpretation is. And they were saying, okay, well, tell us the dream, and then we'll tell you the interpretation. He says, nuh-uh. You need to tell me what the dream is. And, and of course, you know, they're frauds and they're saying, well, you know, no one can do that. No one can do that. It's a silly thing that you're asking us to do that. No one can do that unless, I think it was, unless God is speaking or something like that. Only the gods can do that. And so Daniel ends up telling the king what the dream was and the interpretation of the dream and he was given honor so if you're Daniel A. you know that God speaks to you B. you know that what he speaks to you is true because I mean nobody can tell the king what the dream was without having some insight into the spiritual realm. So Daniel's already at a place where he knows that he hears from God. He knows that God is not some mythical dream, some figment of his imagination that he created, that he made up so that he would understand, you know, what happens to us when we die. You know, God was not that to him. God was powerful. So he's approaching this whole issue about the lion's den now with an understanding of God that surpasses most of the people of the day. Because he knows God. He knows God and he knows that he's powerful and he knows that he's there. He has faith in his God. When you're in that when you're in that position, it doesn't matter what man's system is saying. You go to God's system. And so that is my challenge for us today because I want to encourage you to know to know to know that God's system is the system of all systems. It is above the systems, let me put it that way. The systems of this planet will fail. Sometimes, spectacularly will they fail. But God will never fail. And if you approach your relationship with the Lord God Almighty in that way, knowing that he will not fail, knowing that his word is true and full of promises for you for no matter what you're going through, he will prevail and help you prevail through it. There ain't nothing you can't do, my friend. Nothing. You have authority over the systems of the world. 
And let me put it in, in these terms. It's not like you can go and, you know, tear down governmental systems and financial systems and all that. But what I am saying is that you have power over them in the sense that they don't have power over you. Do you understand what I mean? They, okay, example, financial systems. You can get overwhelmed and panicky and fearful over your situation financially because you just noticed that last month your 401k dropped I don't know what was it it seemed like it was 5% yikes 5% oh so what 5% it's probably going to go up 6% some month down the road who knows but you can get all panicky and say oh I lost so much money well who are you trusting in? The financial system or God Almighty? I'm going to trust in God Almighty. You do the same. You be the one who is praying to the Lord your God when the king is saying, I'm going to throw you in the lion's den. You need to be fearless. Do you understand what I said? Fearless. That means there's no fear of the system that is telling you you ought to be in fear. Even the system of the end-time prophecy stuff, that subculture stuff. Oh, be fearful, be fearful. Don't be fearful. God has placed your foot on a rock. You need to step with diligent deliberation in the steps that you are taking in the Word of God. Step firmly in the Word of God. It does not vary does not waver. Man's opinions about it may be waver. Man's interpretations of it may be waver. So you focus your attention on God Almighty and His Son crucified and risen. Those are core issues that don't change. And those are the ones that you might want to argue if someone challenges that. These other side issues, they're not as important. They're not as important. When Jesus rose from the dead and he spent time with the people of the day, do you remember the story about the how he was walking along the road to Emmaus, I think it is? And they didn't know, the followers of Jesus didn't know that that was him yet. But he was talking with them and bringing the scripture alive and, and they said something about how their hearts burned when they had heard this, this man they didn't know was Jesus talking to them. You know, we can chase after all these little doctr doctrinal whims and things and try to get to a level of spirituality and, and unfortunately we sometimes do that so that we can appear higher and greater than someone else. It's just kind of part of human nature that we're trying to position ourselves. We shouldn't be doing that. We should be positioning ourselves under our Lord in a way that we can be really good conduits of what the Word of God says, at least the core issues. You need to understand those core issues. It's very simple so that you can you can reach out and convey them to someone who is seeking the answer. The core issues is key.
If you're able to do that, and you saw how easy it was for me to do it for you guys, it's not a big deal. If you can do that, then you can witness and you can share the gospel. Now, you shouldn't stop there. We should understand the Word of God and understand what He's speaking through, through the Scriptures and keep on studying to show yourself approved, that kind of thing. But don't don't stop yourself from introducing the Lord to somebody just because you don't think you've learned it all. No one's at that level. Besides, when you share the gospel with somebody, the Holy Spirit's flowing through that conversation. Don't you think that maybe God uses us in a situation like that, even though we don't know everything, he probably uses us to a greater extent. Because it's not us relying on our own thinking. Anyway, just something to think about. So Daniel was fearless. He prayed to the Lord for his help. The other, another story that kind of a fearless thing is the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story. Earlier, during King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, during his reign, you know, he had made a golden idol thing, and everyone, everyone was supposed to bow down to it. And these three would not. These Hebrews from Judah and. It's crazy. I believe it was Nebuchadnezzar. And he was so furious with them. And, you know, I think I think they had gotten a place of honor. I, I think at that point, they had been placed over all the magicians. Yeah, because they had... I forget. I, I think that they had been placed... Oh, yes, because they... They were trained and were very smart. I mean, ten times smarter than than the rest. I seems I seem to remember it was ten times smarter, and they were the ones who wouldn't eat the meat, and they looked healthier than everybody else, even though they had just I think water and and vegetables, something like that. Anyway, they were given a place of honor, but when they refused to bow down, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious that he heated up the furnace way hotter than normal. I want to say seven times hotter. So much so that when the three were thrown in, the guards that threw them in died from the heat. Just imagine that. Just imagine your day now, the things that cause you fear, the, the uncertainty about your future, your financial, your financial state, the systems of the world state, the political systems, the religious things, ISIS, 
Syria refugees, all the things in life that raise your concern and could cause fear. All of those things. I'm here to tell you that fear doesn't have to be part of your life. It doesn't. I think fear is just a byproduct of having your trust misplaced. If you're trusting in the systems, they will fail and there's something to fear. But my trust is in the Lord and I I know yours is too. I want to encourage you, put your trust in the Lord today and fear won't have a grip on you. Just like the three, they didn't fear. Did you notice that? You read the story in Daniel. They didn't fear the outcome. They knew that God would take care of them. Man, can you imagine? Hey, Mr. Person today, I'm going to throw you in this for sure thing that's going to kill you. And you say, you know what? My God will my God will protect me. My God, it was crazy the boldness that they had. They knew that they were going to be alive after that. And sure enough, they were placed in there and not one, they didn't even smell like smoke afterwards. And it said that Nebuchadnezzar looked in and saw that there was a fourth man like the son of man or the son like like an angel in there with him. So as you live your life today and you have this fear potential. Uh, Let's just pray. You know, I'm not going to tell you with my words. Let's just pray right now. Lord God, there are people right now that have a fear situation in their life. Right now they do. And I know that you provide. You provide. You provide what people need. And maybe today, Lord, there are some who are in need of some peace, some comfort to know that you are with them in this fire that they're in. Or maybe they're fearful that they're not sure what steps to take right now because maybe the fire is tomorrow. Lord, I know that you are with them. If, if we just open our hearts to you, Lord God, I know that you're with us. So I pray as we prepare for whatever situation we're dealing with, that you would be with us, that you would guide us, that you would show us that you're strong in our situation. You would show us that whatever that fire is, whatever the lion's den is, whatever the fear is, fear of the world systems, whatever it is, that we can put our full trust in you and you will protect us. You will cause us to set our feet on a solid place so that we would not be tripped up. I thank you, Lord, that we can come right to your throne today, that we can come boldly and ask for your grace in this situation. We pray for wisdom for everyone who's dealing with these kind of systems or uh, uh, yeah, situations. We pray for your wisdom to be 
in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirits as we deal with these issues. I pray that we continue to live with our neighbors in love so that the love of Christ would be shown forth as we deal with these issues and as we give them to you to deal with them. Lord, help us to have the right heart with the people that are around us so that we can be considered blameless in our actions. I thank you, Lord, that we can ask for these things and know that you will provide them. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Great, great time today with you. I hope this has helped. It's helped me immensely just being able to share this with you. I want to encourage you to do this with your friends because I'm telling you what, before this morning, I didn't know where we were going to go with this and it went to exactly where it needed to go. And when you do this very same thing with your friends, it's amazing how the Lord can use that opportunity. So I want to encourage you to do that and stay in the word and live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you and share the gospel with those who need it most in your circle of influence. All right? And I will see you on the flip.